Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. Coming up. She had assumed that it was an older person accidentally hit the acceleration pedal. And he told to her, he said, get the F away from me. I know what I did. I did it on purpose. For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. In May of 2018, a routine Sunday took an unexpected and tragic turn when a North Carolina family went out for brunch after church. The family relaxing together after a Sunday church service when police say the family patriarch got up from the table and aimed his car right where they were sitting. Brandon Goldner joins us from WCNC in North Carolina. Brandon, you've been all over this story, all the way up through the sentencing phase that happened this spring. Introduce us to this case. Well, and it's interesting. We talk a lot about in TV news, oh, this so-and-so reporter was been covering this since the very beginning. I actually got to the scene of this incident literally minutes after it happened. So the best way to really describe kind of the story and the impact of it is for listeners out there is imagine your town, your community, wherever you live, every single one of these places has that one prominent family that everyone knows their name. They see them on the buildings, they donate money, there are prominent members, political leaders in their community. So really imagine that family in your community and the patriarch of that family then gets into his SUV while the entire family is having Sunday brunch drives it into a restaurant and kills his daughter, his daughter-in-law, and injures his son, as well as his wife, as well as one of his grandchildren. That's what happened here, and that is why this story has such an impact in Gaston County, in this community. The Self family is this prominent family that everyone in the community knows. Uh, It starts with Roger Self, the patriarch of this family, got in very early in the loss prevention business, did a lot of uh, loss prevention work for Belk, which is the department store that recently went bankrupt, made a lot of money from this business. His daughter was a Gaston County Sheriff's deputy. His son was a Gaston County police officer. His future son-in-law was a Gastonia police officer. His daughter-in-law was a nurse with the emergency department. Everyone knew this family, particularly the first responders. Take us through this day then in May of 2018. What exactly happened? Roger Self and his family go out to church for service. Roger had been struggling with some mental health issues. The family was aware of this and had been trying to do as much as they can to really help him and get him feeling better about himself. They then go from the church to this restaurant well-known in Bessemer City, North Carolina, which is uh, the western part of Gaston County called the Surf and Turf Lodge. While they're all there, all the family members are there together, including a lot of the grandchildren. Roger Self then excuses himself from the table, gets into his white Jeep SUV, tears out into the parking lot, and then makes a straight line, accelerates into the restaurant, crashes in. 
He kills his daughter, Caitlin Self, a Gaston County Sheriff's deputy, his daughter-in-law, Amanda Self, who is a nurse at Caremont Medical Center, the big hospital here locally. He injures, seriously injures, uh, and he ultimately had to be in a coma for quite some time. His son, who's a Gaston County police officer, he injures his wife, and he also injures one of his young grandchildren. So he is arrested on the spot and with this court hearing that we had recently, this sentencing hearing as he entered two Alford pleas, we learned a lot of kind of what led up to him deciding to get into his car and crash into a restaurant and kill several members of his family. Right, I was gonna ask, have we heard from anyone who was at the restaurant, either a member of the Cell family or someone nearby eating? Was there something that preceded this, like an argument or, or anything that might have spurred him to get up and, and get in his car and do this? So nothing in the actual restaurant itself. I've spoken to a lot of people uh, who were there inside the restaurant, and there was no sort of argument. It just everyone seemed to be having a good time. Everyone was specifically there for Roger to help him feel better because he was dealing with these mental health issues that we only really fully grasped what exactly happened during this sentencing hearing, but no sort of argument or outburst or anything. He just got up and one of the family members, Josh Self, actually said he didn't realize his father had come up until his sister, Caitlin Self, the sheriff's deputy, looked up and said, what's dad doing as she sees her dad getting, way, getting ready to drive into the restaurant? And I've looked at photos of this restaurant, the Surf and Turf Lodge, and it's kind of a, a wooden structure, almost like a cabin or something like that. And the photos of the aftermath, it looks like the Jeep really just ripped through a wall and, and drove fully into the restaurant. It, it drove right through all the way into the back of the restaurant, into the back wall of that section of the dining room. I was actually, it was a Sunday, and so... I was just getting ready to grab some coffee, read the newspaper when I got a call from a source of mine saying, you need to get down to the Surf and Turf Lodge right now. And when I got there, it was about 20, 30-ish minutes later. It was a chaotic scene. You had all of these different agencies. You had ambulances coming out. You had ambulances coming in. And one of the things that still resonates with me from that day, uh, the Gaston County Sheriff, who's a prominent is a political office technically, even though it's also a law enforcement office. The sheriff, Alan Kloniger, who's well-known in this community, when I'm out there trying to get interviews with people and taping what I'm seeing, I see the sheriff get out of his truck and make a beeline, race towards the restaurant. At the time, of course, we didn't know what exactly happened. And as we would later find out was that the sheriff is close with the Self family. He is best friends with Roger Self. And he his Roger Self's daughter got a job with the sheriff's office because of this friendship, because Roger went to the sheriff asking if his daughter can get a job. Now his daughter killed underneath this SUV. And so I still remember to this day the sheriff sprinting to the restaurant. And an interesting note, there was an individual there. He was on his, uh, he had a motorcycle and he was trying to block traffic to make sure no one else got in but first responders. He turned to me and said, the sheriff just tossed me the keys to his car and said, make sure you move my car in case they need more people to get in. It just showed how much of an impact this had and how many first responders knew this family and just the chaos 
of that scene. Roger Self charged with two first-degree murder charges in court today, a motive still not clear. A family pastor saying Self was severely depressed, committing an act he would have called, quote, insane and evil. So we're all grieving deeply, painfully, totally confused, totally incapable of understanding this. And what we would soon find out, especially as we got to hear, especially the testimony from the sentencing hearing, is that Roger Self had a history of anxiety. He had a lot of issues when it came to money. Not so much that he lacked money, but that he was always anxious around money. Uh, we would hear from friends who would joke that he would always get anxious about money around the holidays, November, December. It would always be that way. But every, you know, it just it would come and it would go, no big deal. We still don't know, even with this multi-day sentencing hearing and hearing from his psychiatrist and hearing from all these people, some point in February 2018, Roger's self's mental health just went downhill in terms of it just completely deteriorated. Part of what we later learned was that Roger Self, who is a Christian man, he is very big into his faith, he had been visiting strip clubs and massage parlors without, initially without his family knowing. He had been feeling this guilt about visiting these places. And he also had, it wasn't a sexual relationship, but it was definitely an inappropriate relationship in a, the context of marriage with a housekeeper at a beach home he owned in South Carolina. So what kind of precipitated a lot of this, what we've been told is that this guilt he had been facing and just this compared with his faith, just this nonstop guilt, he eventually confessed to his wife who was supportive of him, but he couldn't stop feeling guilty as he would eventually take the stand at his own sentencing hearing to say that he felt like he was this evil person, that he was not redeemable in the eyes of God. Um, what we would later learn from court documents and from testimony in court was that the night before this had happened, the Saturday night before this fateful Sunday brunch, Roger purchased a weapon. He's you know licensed to carry a firearm. He purchased a weapon, and that night he couldn't sleep. He was going to try to will himself to kill himself. And his the surveillance system in his house captured recordings of him trying to will himself to kill himself ultimately. But in his the twisted logic of his thinking about this guilt, he felt, well, this would be horrible for me and my family if I killed myself and left them you know, without me. So I am going to harm them and then I'm going to turn uh, the weapon onto myself. And the weapon ultimately turned out to be his SUV that he used to plow into the restaurant. But even after all of this that we hear from this sentencing hearing that happened over several days, sort of a mini trial, even though he already entered into an Alfred plea, it's still a question in the community of how this, we, we hear some of the reasons why, but how does this happen as someone who is as successful as this individual ultimately decide to kill his family? Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? 
Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. Let's go back to the scene again and the day of the crash. Of course, you've mentioned Roger Self's subsequent hearing, so we know he survived. Was he taken into custody right then and there? Or was there a question at first about whether or not this might have been an accident? How exactly did all of that play out? He was taken into custody. What we heard from and what we learned for the first time from the court testimony from first responders, the first first responder who interacted with him was an an EMT with one of the uh, volunteer fire departments. She climbed into the SUV and to see if he was okay. She had assumed that it was an older person accidentally hit the acceleration pedal. And he told to her, he said, I get the F away from me. I know what I did. I did it on purpose. Mm. He then would repeat that to Bessemer City police officers who came to arrest him. And then another detail that we were surprised to hear about that we didn't know until this actual sentencing hearing, while Roger was in handcuffs, typically in these situations, the EMS agency, the paramedics, they needed Roger to sign a waiver saying he was declining uh, treatment for his uh, any injuries that he sustained. So the officer, as a younger officer who told Roger, he said, I'm gonna take one handcuff off you. Don't go for any sudden movements. Just sign the iPad that they have, and then I'm gonna cuff you back up. So as soon as he removed a handcuff, according to this officer, Roger then lunged for that officer's handgun to try to grab it from him. The officer was able to easily grab his wrist and put him back in handcuffs. Roger self would eventually say that it was this other person in him, the kind of so-called demon inside of him, this guilt that he's facing and that he wanted to end his life. Um, what we, after he was arrested, he was then taken to the police headquarters. With Gaston County, there are a bunch of small law enforcement agencies and a few large law enforcement agencies. So a detective with Gastonia Police Department, which is one of, if not the largest law enforcement agency in the county, one of their detectives came to assist Bessemer City Police Department, which is a much smaller agency with the interview and the interrogation. The detective, uh, Detective Dover, who has been on the job for several years, he described it as like a chess match because in part, Roger Self has this law enforcement background from working in loss prevention and from doing interrogations of people who would be accused of shoplifting. So it, it was interesting. We couldn't watch the interrogation video, but it was showed and played to the judge uh, because the judge would ultimately decide Roger's sentencing. But we could hear a little bit about kind of this back and forth and Roger giving a little bit of his answer, but then kind of pulling back. And it was just this back and forth for several hours. And we saw a little bit of it on the stand. We streamed live uh, on the WCNC Facebook page. We streamed live his uh, the cross-examination between prosecutors and Roger Self at his sentencing hearing. And you can see that how he wouldn't necessarily answer the prosecutor's question, would try to go around in terms of some of his answers. I want to talk a little bit more about the criminal case and the plea and the sentencing hearing, but I want to bring us back first to the two people you mentioned who were killed in this, Amanda and Caitlin Self. What have you been able to learn about them, either from the rest of the family or from others who knew them? 
it, it devastated the community. It truly, dev a lot of the law enforcement officers from a bunch of different departments, a lot of them would tell me they knew Caitlin from when they would take suspects into the jail since she was a deputy and worked in the jail. Caitlin self had, they would describe it as she was similar to her father. She had this kind of independent streak and she had this special relationship with her father and she would always have a smile on her face. She would always be happy. Uh, one of the things the sheriff, if I believe it was a few years ago, that whole social media video trend involving different law enforcement agencies uh, posting their videos on Facebook, we saw kind of that trend a few years ago. The Gaston County Sheriff's Office did their version and in their video on the computer screens in the background, you could clearly see it was Deputy Caitlin Self and her dancing. She was someone who enjoyed life, loved to have fun, and was just well-loved by everyone. The sheriff's office ultimately created a reward uh, to award deputies who sh have the spirit that Caitlin had, that infectious spirit that she had. Amanda Self, uh, who was a nurse, a charge nurse in the emergency department, her father said that he still to this day has people come up to him and say, you're daughter was killed by her father-in-law at that restaurant. I remember Amanda when she treated my father, when she treated my child. She was well-loved, especially by the paramedics. One paramedic uh, told me that she was someone who knew how to run the emergency department well and was very calm, cool, and collected, especially in an environment that can get chaotic. And she was respected for her professionalism and for her compassion. And it is still something that uh, people to this day talk about when it comes to the kind of person she was in that emergency department. Really, one of the more devastating things to see, Amanda Self was married to Josh Self, the Gaston County police officer who's Roger Self's son. And they, the two of them had children, their son, had a baseball game a few, and I was at this baseball game. Her, the son had a baseball game a few days later. It was a little league game. Every law enforcement officer from the county, a bunch of different agencies crowded into that ballpark to support him as he ultimately hit uh, in the park home run at his first time on bat. And it just showed the respect that both Caitlin and Amanda had from the community and how to this day it still impacts people when you talk to them and they still remember where they were the day that they found out about this. You talk about just how far-reaching this impact was and how people are still dealing with it to this day, dealing with these, these losses and, of course, the other people who were injured. What all is Roger Self ultimately charged with? And you've mentioned a couple times that he would ultimately enter an Alford plea. Can you kind of explain what that is? Yep. So Roger Self initially pleaded not guilty. They were going to take this to trial in August 2020. And we saw a little bit of what that strategy likely would have been if they ultimately took this to trial, which is really focusing on his mental health, that he wasn't aware of what he was doing, that he lacked control. Roger was ultimately charged with uh, two counts of uh, second-degree murder. And he ultimately took an Alford plea. And this was after the trial had to get delayed because of the COVID-19 pandemic, courts remaining closed all this time. And his family, from my understanding, from talking to them, his family really kind of wanted this to be wrapped up. They felt that 
it, it would have been tough to go through a trial like this that would last several days and essentially air out a lot about the family and really bring back traumatic memories. I didn't mean to hurt him. Roger Self's voice shaking as he entered an Alford plea. This is done when a defendant maintains his innocence but admits the state has sufficient evidence to convict him and agrees to be treated as guilty. So Roger took an Alford plea, which essentially is Roger isn't admitting guilt necessarily, but he's acknowledging that the state has enough evidence to convict him of a crime. It, it's kind of... It, he's still treated as someone who is guilty of this crime, but it is, he's essentially saying, I, I'm not guilty, but there is so much evidence against me that there's no way I could get a not guilty verdict. So he was ultimately in this sentencing hearing that lasted several days. Uh, he was facing a minimum 12 years in prison. That's what his attorney, particularly focusing on these mental health aspects, was trying to get the lowest minimum sentence possible. The judge ultimately sentenced him to 38 years in prison. So being his age of 65, about to be 66 this summer, he's going to die in prison. Uh, there's no way around that. Um, and it, it, it's really, it would have been interesting to see if this case ultimately went to trial, given the details that we heard from the sentencing hearing that was unique in and of itself because it lasted as long as it did, and it involved as much testimony as it did. And you, of course, were there for all of that. And it sounds like, in particular, the third and final day of this sentencing phase was packed with just a lot of emotional testimony and statements. What were some of the moments that stuck out to you from that final day? Well, it really, the big thing, and this was what everyone was kind of curious about because we never really got to hear it from him, is Roger Self's testimony that day. What exactly he was thinking, mm. what was going through his mind when this happened. That was one of the big moments that we got to listen to, particularly the cross-examination was interesting. The tit-for-tat back and forth between the assistant district attorney, Debbie Gulledge, and Roger Self. And... Roger getting emotional on the stand and claiming that he did not do this on purpose, that he was a different person. But I think there wasn't a dry eye in the room when Amanda Self's father came before the court and chastised Roger and said that he felt that Roger Self, because they went to church before and Amanda Self's father saw Roger Self in that church and he feels right before this happened and he feels that Roger Self knew what he was going to do the entire time. This wasn't a spur of the moment thing. This wasn't mental health. This is an evil man. And so listening to some of the emotion of that particularly and was really devastating to listen to when her father had to be the one to tell her kids, his grandkids, that they no longer have a mom, that their mom has died. And this is as their father, Josh Self, was in a medically induced coma at the hospital. He would eventually make a full recovery and go back into law enforcement. But listening to those moments was especially uh, tear-jerking and just absolutely devastating to hear. There's just so much to this case, and anyone who's interested in learning more about it can check out all of Brandon's reporting at WCNC.com. Brandon Goldner, thanks for sharing the story with us. Thank you. Thanks, as always, for tuning in to this episode of The Daily Crime. 
If you're new, we're here five days a week, Monday through Friday. And if you enjoyed the show, you're going to want to make sure you hit subscribe or follow so you don't miss all those other episodes. And if you're a regular listener, you can help us out by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and telling a couple friends about the show. That'll do it for this one. Until next time, for Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. Reed Redmond.